Hey guys, this is your host, Franziska, and welcome back to the Hikers Anonymous podcast. On this podcast, I help share people's inspirational stories about how hiking, backpacking, and the outdoors changed their lives. If you have an inspirational story about how the outdoors positively impacted your life, please send a short synopsis to hikeoregon at hikeoregon.net and put in the subject line podcast guest. Today, I am talking with Robert, whom I met online, I believe through my YouTube channel in 2017 or 2018. I have had the pleasure of going on a few hikes with Robert over the years, and I'm so honored to have him on the podcast today for him to share his story with you all. Okay, so I am here today with Robert. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I want to start out by um, hearing a little bit more about your history with the outdoors. Did you grow up um, enjoying the outdoors as a child with your family, or were you just more of a city kid? I would I would say more of a city kid. We didn't really, uh, you know, do the typical go camping stuff like that when I was a youth. It was, uh, I, I definitely say more of a, a city kid. My, my, uh, my life was pretty much sports when I was little, shooting hoops, playing wiffle ball, you know, playing out in the street, things like that, <laughs> things that kids don't do nowadays. Right, exactly. And <laughs> they just sit inside and watch TV or play video games. <laughs> What kind of opened the doors to the the out of doors? It was very unfortunate in many regards, but my parents got a divorce, <laughs> and it was you know, it was early seventies, and uh, it was pretty pretty stressful, pretty tragic, so on and so forth. But it kind of uh, after my dad left, and uh, it was just my mom. It kind of loosened the the ropes on us a little bit, and uh, we could we could do more things. And so the the first the first thing that introduced me to uh, the outdoors was a thing called the Yosemite Institute, which was a program that you went to for a week through your school, and it happened happened for me in the ninth grade. Now I think it's it's called uh, Nature Bridge. They changed the name of it. What they do is they take you to. We went to Yosemite, and uh, I think the first the first time we spent all week in uh, tube tents. They introduce you to basically uh, the whole concept of protecting nature and, and and enjoying the out of doors and basically the circle of life when it comes to nature. You know, it was it was fantastic. I just ate it up. Uh, I'd never been. Uh, exposed to before in fact i went four years in a row and just look forward to it every year um, you know saw my first bear they took us on a, a overnight backpack trip one day and uh was in my sleeping bag um, we were cowboy camping and a coyote came up basically to my nose it was about five feet away and i was like oh man all i the only time I've seen those is on Wild I Key, you know, Wild Wild E Coyote on the cartoons, you know. 
so that was pretty cool. So that got me started. And then the other thing that happened was my next door neighbors, uh, the Tree Levens. Mr. Mr. Tree Levin was basically a adventurer, and he took his family backpacking. You know anything. They had kayaks, a canoe, just everything out of doors. And for some reason, he allowed me basically into his family after the divorce. And uh, he's passed away now. And I don't, I don't know if he ever knew how important he was to me. Gets me, gets me a little choked up, you know, but we did just some amazing backpacking trips and learned so much from him. That was back in the days uh, when you carried 60, 65, 70 pounds. And I I weighed like 130 and, you know, eight pound sleeping bag, just crazy stuff. And he always carried more than we did. He, He basically got me started and then then I started hanging out with his son Ted we we had quite a few adventures together and we we actually one summer started off hiking from Lake Tahoe to Yosemite which was a 200 mile trip we got three days into it I think it was about 45 miles or so and we had as was the norm in the day we had uh, these great big mountaineering boots on, dollar-sized blisters on our heels. <laughs> and so we were just in misery, so we just we called it good and, and quit. I always, I always regret not finishing that. Anyway, that, that's basically how I got started. That's amazing. So your love for the outdoors and hiking and backpacking, it sounds like it kind of just continued throughout your life, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. And you had kids and then you introduced your kids to hiking? Did you introduce them like when they were young? They actually introduced my first wife to it. And then we took our kids when she I took Jake when he was four or five. Oh, that's so awesome! And uh, he just he just loved it. And um, then we took both of them. You know, they were we'd hike in short four or five miles, set up camp, and spend a couple of days there. That type of things. But because they were so little, they just totally grasped onto it, and they they still do to this day. You know, I, I do have some regrets as a dad because. Um, <laughs> On one of our trips, we were uh, hiking through. The trail was kind of overgrown a little bit tall. And I'm out in front hiking along. And in front of me was a little uh, racer, a little black snake. I thought, ha ha, I'll get Jake. <laughs> get my son. So I'm, I'm like, hey, Jake, why don't you take over from here and go on ahead of me? So he started took off in front of me and just jumped about 15 feet in the air and just screamed bloody murder. I ruined him because he hates snakes to this day. He he reminds me of that fact all the time. The kids, as they got older, just took off. My daughters climbed El Capitan in, in Yosemite five times and a couple of other big climbs there with a, a boyfriend of hers. And, and Jake has 
backcountry skied. He's an expert skier, has camped. He's introduced his family now to camping and outdoor stuff. I'm glad they they caught the bug also. That's so awesome. And um, every year it seems like you do uh, PCT sections with your son. Is that right? Well, not every year. He's 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 done two sections with me. Yeah, which is always that super humorous because he's he's a type A. He's a, he's a surgeon and he's a type A on the go type of guy and so when we go backpacking, he's like looking at his watch, he's got timer on. He's like, "Okay, dad, we did that last mile in 18 minutes. Let's try to hit 17 this time." And it's just move, 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 move. It just cracks me up. This podcast is sponsored by CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. I am a huge coffee snob, and I've tried countless brands of instant coffees on the trail over the years. In 2019, I discovered CS Instant Coffee, and my friends can attest that I have been absolutely obsessed ever since. I take the awesome compostable CS coffee packets with me whenever I go car camping and backpacking, and they even come with me when I go snowshoeing in the winter as a nice warm drink to enjoy at lunchtime. If you haven't tried this incredible coffee yet, let CS Instant Coffee fuel your next adventure. Walk, hike, run, or bike over to the nearest place you have internet and go to www.csinstant.coffee. That's www.csinstant.coffee. Well, um, in your email, you mentioned that in 2009, you had bypass surgery. So, Tell us a little bit more about what led to this and then how you got healthy again by getting more into the outdoors afterward. In 2002-ish, I think it was, the company I was working for then, and again, I work for them now, in 2002, business just sank. You know, I was trying to raise a family, provide for them, all that kind of stuff, so Basically, what I did is I went and I bought a small business and quit my other job. And, uh, you know, instead of a five-day week, it was now six. So over the years, it went pretty well for a while, but it was still stressful owning your own business. Working six days a week, I, I didn't exercise. You know, I was eating. I was eating horrible food. <laughs> Yeah, you're eating like quick on the go things because you're, yeah, you're not taking the time. You know, I I gained a lot of weight, got pretty heavy. Then in 2008, I think it was, you know, the recession started to set in. I didn't know it at the time because, you know, inexperienced and whatnot, but basically money troubles began and uh, just intense stress. So nothing happened health-wise, but then in December of 2009, my then wife, uh, her job was going to change. We were going to have to change health insurance. So I was going to have to change a doctor, my doctor. So I thought, well, before we change on the first of the month, I'll go in and see Bruce and get checked out and all that kind of stuff. And um, so I went into the doctor. This was like on a Monday. And uh, he checked me out, and then he said afterwards, he's like, 
is there anything else, you know, is there anything bugging you? And I thought, well, sometimes at work, I'll lift up heavy cartons and I'll get a little like disoriented in the head and maybe a little sweaty or something, you know, and then, then I set it down, rest a minute, and then I'm okay and I can continue. And uh, he goes, well, let me check something here. So he gave me a, a echo and it sure enough, it showed something. Uh, so the next day he sent me to have a stress test and uh, it was supposed to be the drug induced time type, but the text gave me the treadmill thing. It was seconds and I was huffing and puffing and couldn't continue. And they said, well, just hang on a little bit longer. So anyway, I, I quit and had to lay down. They gave me the nitro under my tongue. So that resulted in um, the next day I went to the hospital and they gave me the, uh, it's the thing where they inject dye. I can't think of the word, inject dye up through your arteries. So anyway, I came out of that and they said, they said, you're not going anywhere. And I'm like, what? I got to get back to work. You know, they said, yeah, you've, you've, uh, you're going to have bypass surgery. And it turned out I had one artery, artery that was completely blocked and two other ones that were 85 to 90% blocked. So anyway, a couple of days later, they pushed me ahead of other operations. A couple of days later, I went under the, the knife and it got fixed up. And Dr. Fung afterwards came in and he goes, well, it looks like you're doing good. And he goes, I have no idea why you, sh you didn't have a massive heart attack. He said, you should have. He said it was really bad. After that, you know, they're saying you need to walk, you know, to help the, the healing process and all that. And it was, it was almost like a Forrest Gump moment, you know, <laughs> like, I'm going to be walking, you know. And so I started out right in the hospital. They had PT people that would come in twice a day and I, I did what they wanted me to do, but I got up and walked two or three other times a day and i didn't quit i got home before too long i think it was a couple two or three months i was walking 40 or 45 miles a week lost 30 pounds i think that first time around got in great shape and kept it in my mind that uh, i i had a i had a lot of luck on my side and um, kind of a you know, a renewal because I almost bought it. And it's like, I'm not going to blow this second time around. So I try to keep healthy and uh, it led into that next summer. I took a short backpack with my older brother. And then a few weeks later, I did a solo trip to the Ansel Adams <clears throat> wilderness near Yosemite. And I'm like, I forget this stuff. I love it, you know. Well, had it had it been, I guess, numerous years then since you'd gone backpacking just because of the job and owning your own business and family and it years pass you by. Yeah. Yeah, we did some short camping trips and things like that. 
basically no backpacking trips and backcountry stuff. So after that summer, it kind of snowballed and you just started going more often? What happened was is my, my company basically died. I had to close my it was an auto parts, a small auto parts store, and I sold RV parts. And I was on my counter, on my parts counter, with my head on my hands, on my elbows, you know, just like, what the hell am I going to do to make a living? You know, I was, all these things going through my mind. And the company I used to work for called me up out of the blue and said, do you want to go up to Oregon and manage an office up there? I said, hell yeah, went down to the Bay Area, sealed up the deal, went back up, put a sign on my door and said, I'm closed and, you know, began the process of getting up here because we had been through here on a vacation. I just remembered how beautiful it was. So Oregon just seemed like a dream come true. My first wife and I ended up getting divorced and it just seemed like a natural way to you know, start a, a new life. You know, fortunately, she and I are still friends and talk, so that, that part of it's good. But once I got up here, I think it was around 2015 or 16, I, the whole wild thing hit, you know. So I read that book, and I was, I've always read adventure books um, forever. And so I was reading more books about the PCT, and it just, all of a sudden, it popped into my mind, like, Okay, I probably can't do the whole thing. I don't have the time, but I could do Oregon, you know, if I did it in bits and pieces. And so I think I started in 2016. My first hike was 85 miles, and I just loved it. It was just so many experiences just on that one hike. I can remember up above Mount Jefferson, uh, that ridge that's above there, all of a sudden, hail, sleet, a little bit of no, really bad wind and totally not prepared for it. <laughs> I was just freezing and I got over the over the top of the ridge and I'm like, okay, I gotta do something here to warm up. And so I, I huddled under a tree, made some coffee. I was just like, holy crap, I need to study up on this stuff a little more. <laughs> and then I hightailed it 10 miles to uh, you know the store at Olali and Warm, warmed up next to their wood wood stove. Anyway, so try to get at least a hike in every year. Uh, COVID kind of stopped me. Some relationship stuff kind of stopped me a few years ago. So I think I got 270 miles in so far. So I got 180 to go. Mostly, most of it in. Um, southern Oregon. Yeah, the the sections that are harder for us to get to are like the last ones to be done because it's not convenient. You know, you can't just like ask someone really easily to drop you off at the trailhead that's like an hour away. It's more like, hey, can you drop me off at this trailhead that's like three and a half hours from here? It's like that's way more of a to-do and then you've got to get picked up and yeah, it's it's a little bit it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I try I try to utilize the trail angels. I've done that a couple times and it works pretty well. I haven't had any response so far to the because I gotta get to uh the first one I'm gonna do this year is 
something I didn't complete a couple of years ago is from Windigo Pass to Shelter Cove. So Windigo Pass, you know, is off on a Forest Service road somewhere. I'm going to introduce my new wife on to backpacking on that hike. Awesome. Yeah, it's a short section and it's very easy. It's like a very easy section. So that's perfect. Yeah. And and I've heard that that portion going through the, what is it, Diamond Peak is super pretty. So, so beautiful. Oh, when are you going? Uh, second week in August. Oh, good. Okay. So the mosquitoes should, should have died down. A little bit. By that point. <laughs> and then I'm trying in September, first first or second week in September, try to do another section farther south. Yeah, yeah, it can be so hot down there. It's good to do that in the fall. The fall in southern Oregon is so beautiful. Um, so I guess another question I have for you is how do you think your hiking journey has changed from the beginning? Several aspects, I guess. You know, when I first started out, it was you try to take everything that you own in the house, massive packs, group trips. I don't know if back then I was so keyed on, keyed into what it was, you know, the particular things that you that you experience and see and enjoy in the outdoors. I, I knew I loved being out there, but drinking it all in, you know, I think I appreciate it more now than I did back then. And uh, certainly the the whole weight thing, such a relief now to uh, not have to carry quite as much. And food, I don't even take that much food. It's more like a, a, a nibbler, you know. I don't, make, I don't generally make hot meals and... Uh, Pretty, pretty minimalistic in that regard. And of course, I, I have enjoyed the, the solitude of solo hiking. The trip a couple of years ago, I was up there near the, you know, the, that area where the high point of the PCT in Oregon, Washington is. Uh-huh. Yeah. That surprised me. That sign came out of nowhere and it's like a plateau and you're like, huh, this is the high point? Yeah. <laughs> I, I ended up camping near there, and I hadn't hardly seen anybody. And, you know, you're standing outside your tent, and you go, man, I bet you there's nobody within eight miles of me right now. Pure solitude, you know, stars everywhere. It, it just, I just love that part of it. Yeah, the quiet forest, and then all you hear is birds every now and again. Almost everyone I talk to on these interviews, that it's very similar in that when we first started hiking and backpacking, it's all about like getting to the destination and going here and going there and go, go, go. And then as, you know, the years progress and as we continue hiking, we all tend to slow down. I've come to kind of realize from hearing everyone's stories is that you just start to slow down and enjoy the process more versus the destination. Right. Yeah, I watch I watch so many of the uh, PCT uh, through hiker videos. Quite a few of them, you know, they're like, well, I did 31 miles today. I did 28. I did, you know, it's all about the mileage. And, and I, I get that they're trying, you know, they've got a timeline. 
but to me, mileage is like, you know, a result of how far you walked and enjoyed the out of doors. It's not really an important number, you know? Yeah. Cause how much are you really getting to enjoy if you are hiking 30 miles in a day? Right. <laughs> that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of like my son, Jake, you know? <laughs> so what are some lessons that you've learned through being in the outdoors? Like to me, life, especially now, um, the whole bypass thing kind of drove home to me how short life is. It's kind of like, don't, don't contemplate, don't dream, you know, don't think about it. Just pardon my French, do shit. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, just, just get out and do things, enjoy life. And uh, hopefully when you do go, you won't have any regrets and you have life experiences that meant something. And my wife's ex-husband um, passed away suddenly a couple of years ago. And, you know, is, a, is another thing that keeps in the back of my mind, you know, you, you just never know if, if something's going to happen. And you gotta, you gotta live out, you know, your desires and enjoy life. This is very true. <laughs> what is currently one of your favorite things about being in the outdoors and hiking and backpacking? I, I think the favorite thing is just un, unplugging from everyday life. My job, you know, even chores. When I get out there, there's, there's really nothing on my mind except for making sure we get from point A to point B safely and taking lots of pictures. And uh, I think the whole unplugging from real life and just concentrating on what you're doing. It's very like primitive too. Like all, all you have to worry about out there is walking, eating and finding some water and a place to set up your tent. <laughs> it's so simple. Right. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very basic. Okay, well, we are at the tail end of things. I want to know um, what, um, like, do you have a message you would like to share with the listeners? It could be anything like an inspirational quote or something specific, um, like a specific place that people should visit or a tip on getting started or basically anything. <laughs> do, do your research. Every, every trip I take, I, I gather up as much beta as I can about the route, uh, other people that have hiked through it. I watch videos, I watch water reports, and then I'm always, you know, interested in gear, you know, lightening the load, people getting into it, do your research. I think, I think when I started doing the PCT, I, I accessed some of the stuff, info that you had. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's how we met. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a good message for sure. That's something that others haven't really talked about is, is research. Yes, it was so good chatting with you. And uh, I can't wait to see pictures of your trip. It's good to catch up. All right. Thank you, friend. You have a great day. You too. Take care. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, if you have an inspirational story about how the outdoors positively impacted your life, please send a short synopsis to hikeoregon at hikeoregon.net and put in the subject line podcast guest. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and happy trails.